Hello everyone, welcome back to the Japan Archives and our next installment in our story of Yasuke and Heather, I bring sad news. What? What? This will be the last Yasuke episode. Today we will end his story. Okay, so well, that's maybe appropriate timing. We've had, is this the fifth episode? I mean, this is the, we've had five episodes for this one. This has been long, but it's been very, very enjoyable. Hmm. Yes. Um, but apart from that, how are you doing? I, I think maybe that's a redundant question because we're recording this next episode so soon after the previous one. There's probably not that many changes since I last talked to you. No, everything is, is good. We're golden week holiday. Almost done. Mm -hmm. We've had nice weather for it so far, which has been just lovely. We have. It's been nice. But tomorrow it's going to rain here, so yeah, that's all right. Get some chores done. Get ready for the for the work week. Work week. You don't have a work week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for this month, I don't have official work, but I still have things I have to do. So Preparing for your busy month to come, I suppose. Yeah. Yep. So um, right now is yeah, it's, it's getting getting things ready and also mm. just resting and doing some like stuff for the podcast, doing some Japanese study for my incoming hospital stay. So I got work to do. <laughs> You're gonna be busy. It, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a great time mm. when it all finally happens. How are you doing? Mm, fine. I mean, <laughs> no change since last time. So I'm just going to jump straight into the episode. Yeah. Where did we leave off? Oh, Alessandro and Yasuke uh, are saying peace out for the, or goodbye for the last time. Peace out. Medieval <laughs> version of peace out for the last time. So we're going to, we now jump to late autumn when Yasuke is in attendance to Nobunaga once more. And a messenger arrives at Azuchi Castle bringing a message from one of his generals, General Hideyoshi. He's currently sieging further south at Totori Castle against the Mori clan, the same clan that helped Yasuke and the Jesuits get through the pirate ocean all that time ago. Uh, but his siege is not going as planned now, so Nobunaga decides to dispatch his top generals, Akachi Mitsuhide and Takayama Ukon, to go and reinforce Hideyoshi. But for now, Yasuke was to remain on standby with the other samurai pages at the castle, and Nobunaga's armies were expanding and taking over his enemies as the month rolled by. But Yasuke still remained cloistered and bound inside the castle. Eventually, news did arrive saying the Totori castle siege had turned in favor of Nobunaga's troops, and this was by early November. So around this time, Yasuke finally can head on out. Yasuke was to head south for Iga province with Nobunaga and the samurai pages because war was calling and they were to go and fight. Though I miss, must say, they do arrive a little bit late to the show. Now, I think we talked about the Iga Khan. Mm. I can't do my words today. Now, I think we talked about the Iga Khan briefly before in passing. Mm. They were the clan known for their ninja prowess and things like that and essentially when Yasuke and the others arrived they found the enemies already dead they had arrived a little late to the battle Iga province was engulfed in flame after only a week of Nobunaga's forces arriving that was how quick the province fell to his armies 
Mm. Now the battle unfortunately missed. They went on to inspect the area. The men in charge here clamoring to give a better banquet than the last man for their visiting lord and his retinue. However, one day when they're continuing their inspections, Yasuke looks down at one of the headless corpses of the felled Iga clan members and suddenly finds the world exploding around him. Men had been obliterated in the explosion. Nobunaga once again surviving an assassination um, attempt. He seems very good at this. And Yasuke rose from the ground to find that what they had thought as corpses were now rising from the dead. The ninja had tricked them, lying in wait, and so they attacked Yasuke, Nobunaga, and his retinue. Fighting their way through the smoke, Yasuke made his way to Nobunaga, as well as his son, Nobukatsu, and together they had to fight off the remaining ninja until they were victorious. So, once again, the ninja played a very good trick, I feel. That's really impressive. Like, in essence, just lying out in the cold, no doubt surrounded by actual, you know, corpses of their slain fellow soldiers and things. Mm. Um, so yeah, very, I want to say cool. Saying it sounds cool <laughs> sounds stupid. <laughs> well, it's it was a, a clever idea, but, un- un- yes. but unfortunately it didn't work because they were still killed. So it was a, it was a good, good effort. I think by this point, Nobunaga survived either three or four assassination attempts. Goodness. One of them being the one we covered, I think, all the way back in episode seven Mm. with the guy shooting him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But again, he survived. He's very good at surviving these assassination attempts. After this short battle, they decided to all return home. So they went back again to Azuchi Castle. During the winter, Nobunaga visited one of the Jesuit cemeteries just outside the castle, so in Azuchi town. This was a surprise visit to see what they were up to, and so they were met by Father Organtino, again who we have previously mentioned, and gave them and he gave them a little tour of the seminary. They were shown around, and when the time came for a mass, obviously Nobunaga wasn't Christian at was they never converted to Christianity, so Nobunaga politely excused himself to return to the castle, with Yasuke at the invitation of Argentino staying for the service before he then returned home himself. And New Year finally comes around, with the local lords flocking to the castle to pay their respects. The New Year cleaning begins with the whole castle being cleaned from top to bottom, and this included not just the castle, but the entire village surrounding, including Yasuke's home. A celebration was planned for the first day of the New Year. This included a tour of the castle, including a golden pavilion that Nobunaga had had built for the imperial family to come visit and use. And this was a most impressive feat when considering the imperial family had never visited anywhere outside of Kyoto at this point. So the entire time the emperor had been alive, he'd never left Kyoto. But during the tour, there was a landslide. Nobunaga and Yasuke were safe at the front of the procession, but at the back it said that 50 plus men did go down with 
in the landslide and many had to be sent for healing. So overall, it could be said that it was a kind of bad start to the new year for Nobunaga, or at least his men. Two weeks into the new year, the traditional bonfire commenced with Nobunaga's own twist added in, which was another horse event. Yasuke with the samurai pages were the first to enter into the arena, this being the Matsubara horse ground, which had been constructed close to the Jesuit seminary. And so in regards to the horse event, I, I, I like to think that perhaps Yasuke did take part in this one, unlike the previous one, now that he had spent much more time on horseback due to being a part of Nobunaga's retinue. And so by March 1582, war came again, this time from the northern Takeda clan. The clan and its territory was in essence disintegrating by this point and after one of the loyal Takeda retainers defected to the Oda clan, Nobunaga saw it as time to send his son Nobutada there to crush them once and for all. For now Yasuke did once more remain at the castle, the fighting was being undertaken by his son, Nobunaga did not go at least for now himself, but in a way Yasuke did get to see the men that they were fighting against in the north. Their severed heads were sent down to Azuchi Castle for all to see, and they were displayed on wooden pikes, basically. Each were labelled with who they had been, their hair was combed to look nice, rouge was added to their cheeks to give them colour, and once their heads eventually spoiled, it said that they were carted off and burnt. Traditionally, the heads would have been sent back to their family, but in this instance, as the distance was so great, they this did not happen, and so the heads were burnt instead. No, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I need to add anything to that. That's, that's fair enough. So moving on to the end of March. So March 28, 1582, Yasuke finally left Azuchi Castle once more with Nobunaga to head north to join the war against the Takeda. One more final push was to be made to destroy those that remained, even though they had mostly already fallen under the attack of Nobunaga's son. The further north that they went, the colder it became until snow was laying all around them, Yasuke and the rest of the army eventually getting to a place known as Iida, where the final ruler of the Takeda Katsuyori was revealed to them to have been defeated. His head alongside his sons Nobukatsu arriving in an ornate box for Nobunaga to see. And it should be said here that Nobukatsu was technically Nobunaga's grandson via adoption. Very, very um, popular way to, destroy, to, to display your slain enemies it seems. I, th I think it was very much that it, it was used as proof. Mm. Like, it was all well and good receiving a message saying your enemies have been defeated, but they wanted the head as physical proof that what they were being told was, in essence, the truth. Mm. And the name Nobukatsu also, wasn't that... Yeah, also Nobunaga's son, but then also he has a grandson called Nobukatsu? Yeah, you're right there. So his son was... One of his sons was Nobukatsu, but also one of his adopted grandson. I think it was he he had an adopted daughter who he married to Katsuyori and together they had Nobukatsu. So technically it was his grandson but he obviously was not opposed to having them killed if it meant it aided him in unifying 
Pan. Mm. <sighs> okay. So after this, they did continue north until they passed the castle of Takato, eventually reaching a town known as Sua, where they eventually halted. Only one building remained, which Nobunaga made into his headquarters, with his first order being to dispose of all the dead laying in the streets of the town. Yasuke and everyone remained here for two weeks, with the local lords who had turned against their old leaders flocking here to give their respects over to their new lord, Nobunaga. And interestingly enough, I didn't expect this when I came to it in my research, rumors began to swirl as they remained in Sua for a time that Yasuke may receive a lordship of his own. In fact, the Jesuit Mexia reported a rumor from the time at Azuchi saying that Nobunaga would make him a tono, or a lord in his own right. Over the days, Nobunaga gave out lands and power to his new followers, promoting others that he had known for years. However, for Yasuke, no new title of power was ever given to him, and so these rumors eventually became hmm. nothing. But when I was reading this, I was kind of hoping, like really hoping that it might happen for him. You know, I would think that, but then again, you know, Nobunaga also, you know, possibly being a bigger target for Nobunaga, not always a good thing. True. Yeah, I can see that. It would have been nice for him, but to be fair, if he had been given a higher ranking, then maybe more would have been expected and bad things could have happened. I mean, he... His own adopted grandson, he was, was killed. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And after all of this, the work against the Takeda clan was now all but finished. Nobunaga decided he wanted to go on holiday. He sent his armies home, keeping only a few hundred men with him, including Yasuke. And so they headed back south to Mount Fuji for a holiday. The area was under the authority of Tokugawa Ieyasu at the time. And so this man ensured that Nobunaga had the best vacation he had ever had. Every night, Nobunaga staying in a newly constructed pavilion with a tea house included. However, the tea house was a little bit too small for Yasuke, and so he often had to eat elsewhere. Though it's said that Ieyasu did apologize for this. So I suppose he did feel bad that he couldn't include Yasuke in this, um, but that's that. As the days passed and they left Fuji, they eventually made their way to Hitoana, a cave where it was said that the goddess of Mount Fuji lived. And here another pavilion awaited them, and it was then that Ieyasu told them a tale about the cave. I, from what I could find out, the story was known as Fuji no Hitoana Soshi, or the tale of the Fuji cave, and I did manage to find a journal telling me the story in full online, so I'm gonna keep that for another day. Perhaps a bonus or a main episode, we'll see how it goes. But in essence, it is a story about a samurai who ventures down into the depths of hell by going into the Mount Fuji cave. Ah. Eventually, the holiday for Nobunaga, Yasuke, and his men drew to its inevitable close after they journeyed to the coast, and so they once more went, made their way back to Azuchi Castle. It was at this point he tasked Akechi Mitsuhide, one of his trusted generals we mentioned, to gather and prepare for a three-day banquet. But just before Tokugawa Ieyasu's arrival, Nobunaga had all of the food thrown away 
telling Akechi that it was unfit and unsuitable for the fest the banquet to come. And so another meal had to be prepared at the last minute, much to the embarrassment of Akechi. Nobunaga quickly forgot about what had happened, his rage disappearing, and he received word again regarding the Mori clan and Totori castle. The Mori clan had prepared one last counterattack against Nobunaga's general Hideyoshi, and so Nobunaga tasked Akechi to return to his castle to prepare for war once more. Nobunaga, Yasuke, and 30 other men left for Kyoto to dispend the to spend the night at Honoji Temple before heading to besiege the Mori clan as well. But it was that on this night, most of these men were going to die. So how, what do you think is going to go down tonight? Are you worried for Yasuke? Yes, I am. You just said most of them would die, mm. so now I'm worried. What's going to happen? So it is June 1st, 1582. And as the hour of the tiger arrived, so this would have been around 3 a.m., Yasuke and the others were attacked inside the temple, and they had been betrayed. The humiliated general Akechi Mitsuhide had brought his armies to bring an end to Nobunaga instead of marching towards Totori Castle. Yasuke ran to his lord once the fighting commenced, finding him and Mori Ranmaru in a secluded courtyard behind Nobunaga's quarters. It said that gunfire broke out all around them, Yasuke holding on to Nobunaga's sword at the time until his lord called for it. Nobunaga fought off the enemy with his bow until it broke before finally asking Yasuke for his sword. So it was time for Yasuke to fight once more side by side with his lord. And like I just said earlier, Nobunaga only brought around 30 men with him, whereas Akechi had brought several thousand. It was a battle that they were not going to win. And as they thought, as they fought, no doubt Yasuke did lose track of how many people he had killed because there was no end to the Akechi forces. Eventually, they had to retreat inside, and it did help to keep the men at bay for a while. The room they were in they could defend more easily, at least for the time being. By now, Nobunaga had taken a spear to the shoulder, and who knows what injuries Yasuke had sustained. The temple had been set alight by Akechi's men, and Nobunaga also took an arrow to his leg. At this point, there were less than 10 of his men remaining, and so Nobunaga ordered all of them to hold out for as long as they could so that he had time to commit seppuku, ritual suicide, and he asked Yasuke and Ranmaru to remain with him for the act. Nobunaga, kneeling down, placed the sword upon his belly, instructing Yasuke that his head and sword was to be taken to his son Nobutada and that it could not fall into the hands of the enemy. And so Nobunaga's last words and his very last order given was to Yasuke and to him alone. Nobunaga carried out seppuku, Ranmaru finishing it by slicing off Nobunaga's head before he himself turned to commit seppuku. This time, the act of beheading falling to Yasuke. Head of Nobunaga then bundled up and his lord sword in hand, it was time for Yasuke to leave. Yasuke fought his way out and emerged from the burning temple, where he then ran towards Nijo Castle, where Nobu Tada at the time was residing and also defending himself against the Akechi forces. And gaining entry into the castle, he presented Nobutada with Nobunaga's head. 
But Nijo Castle also wouldn't last much longer. It did fall to Akechi's forces as Yasuke looked on. Nobu Tada as well had to commit seppuku, his head and that of his father's buried under a walkway to then be devoured in the flames to come. They didn't want their heads falling into the hands of the traitor Akechi. Mm. Akechi's forces broke in, Yasuke fought them off until he was brought down by four men, all holding him down with all their strength. Another samurai came and demanded the surrender of Yasuke's sword, and he did so eventually, but they did not kill him. They dragged him out of Nijo Castle into the streets of Ko of Kyoto for an audience with Akechi. When he arrived... Well, when he was placed before the traitor, Akechi looked down at him stating that this man is not Japanese and he has no honor. Otherwise, he would already have been dead. And so he demanded that his retainers take, quote, this black beast from his presence to the temple of the southern barbarians, which was the Jesuit missionary. The same church that Yasuke had been in the day when he had come into the service of Nobunaga that year ago. In the mission, his wounds were cared for. Father Throa, the, the interpreter who had first welcomed Yasuke into Japan, pressing him for news on basically what the hell had just happened. Two days later, Akechi forces laid waste to Azuchi village and the castle, burning the castle and everything down, Yasuke's home included. This coup, however, was not embraced by the people. After all, Nobunaga had been bringing peace in his, in his own way to a country that had seen civil war for a hundred years. And it was only a week later that Akechi Mitsuhide himself was killed, speared by nothing more than a bandit on the roadside. Months passed. Yasuke was still residing in the mission. Still technically a samurai, but with no master, he was now a ronin. And no one was asking for him, as everyone dealt with the fallout from this coup. Nobunaga's successor was finally chosen, one of his two-year-old grandsons. But of course, this grandson for now held no power. Power was now held by Nobunaga's old general, Hideyoshi. And eventually, Yasuke was told that he was to return to Nagasaki. He was not needed or wanted anymore in Kyoto, so that is where he went. And... After the autumn of 1582, we don't know what happened. Oh. There are stories here and there, stories of Africans, other Africans that were in Japan at the time, and these people may or may not have been him. And so I kind of wanted to end it there. I didn't, I want to keep the story of Yasuke as the parts of his story that we know were definitely him. I feel that these other tales that may or may not have been him, we should keep for another day so that we can keep the story of what is definitively Yasuke all together. And that is everything I have. Didn't expect that ending. Nor did I. Wow. So essentially, Nobunaga escaped many, many, many assassination attempts, but he gets upset over food embarrasses his general, and in the general, ashamed, that's what led to Nobunaga's downfall, is technically Nobunaga's temper and humiliation. In regard to Akechi, because obviously there are, there's a lot of history here that we haven't, def in essence, gone into. Mm. Like, we've, we've, we've concentrated on the aspects of this history where Yasuke was. Um, but 
in essence, yes. Akechi had had a history of several embarrassments caused by Nobunaga, so I suppose that this was the last straw. Um, I do know as well when I was reading that he he was walking with his forces and he reached the point where in essence he could turn left and go to Kyoto or he could turn right and go towards Osaka and the Mori clan and he turned and when he was asked which direction to take he said we will turn left because the enemy is in Kyoto so that was his final moment where he was like it's time for Nobunaga to die and through all that Yasuke survived Mm -hmm. wow I also find it Yasuke was the one to receive Nobunaga's final demand. It wasn't one of his other generals. It wasn't one of his other pages. He personally asked Yasuke to carry out this final act for him, Hmm. which probably goes to show how much he trusted him at this point and how much he, mm, yeah, how much he trusted him and how highly he respected this man who had come, well, he'd risen so far from when he'd arrived in Japan as a slave. Also, probably Yasuke was the best choice to actually make it through the enemy lines. Bigger and stronger than all the others. Mm-hmm. But it is, yeah, it is fascinating that he was chosen to to do the final errand and the final mission. And through all that, he still, he was able to make it and he survived. And he was injured and he still was able to make it through. And then in the end, it was all for nothing. Akechi failed anyway. Mm-hmm. Like what, a week? One week later, his forces were destroyed. He fled and he was killed by a bandit. And that's all it took for this one event of this man who'd had enough of being embarrassed caused Yasuke to lose everything. Mm. Like it would have, what could have happened if this hadn't have happened? Mm-hmm. So how, how old was Nobunaga when he died? Nobunaga was 47 when he died. Mm. Yeah, so... Relatively young. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you do wonder what have happened. I seriously was not expecting this ending. But I'm hope I'm hoping that at least you're satisfied with the end. I'm well. No, I'm not satisfied with the end. It is like he lost everything he had, and so people stopped recording his life. I it's one of those open ended stories that we probably won't get a definitive ending to so i guess it's something where you know i'm i would like to picture that yasuke lived out his life in in peace and finding and doing things that he enjoyed and not having to be beholden to anyone else maybe having a nice little farm retiring and writing poetry art something a cooking you know, just enjoying his life, that would be really nice just to, for him to be able to be completely free, to not have to worry, and just to be able to maybe do some creative endeavors. That sounds lovely to me. It's a nice image to think. But yeah, I hope it it makes sense that I chose to end it there. I didn't want to include all of the things that may or may not have been him. Yeah, he could have just ended up staying at the temple for the rest of his life and helping there as possible as well. Mm. So, I mean, if he did stay at the temple, I don't know if there would be any records from the Jesuits, if they kept records or not, Mm. or if they were destroyed in Nagasaki. That's possible as well. There were records there. True. So, in essence, all of the stories that come after that may or may not have been him, it's, it's that they just don't use 
the names of these people. It's like, this thing was here. We know there was an African guy in service. Maybe it was Yasuke. Mm. But there's so many of them. Like, I, I didn't want to include them because I just want to tell the story of what we know is Yasuke. I don't want to muddy the water, if that makes sense. Completely, yeah. But I will I will do them eventually. Oh, yeah. That... As like their own separate thing. Oh, that's thing. a great idea, yeah. But just not today. Today is about what we know was Yasuke. Well, I'm well, I'm glad that we got a chance to look so much into Yasuke's life. I am I am a little sad that we're going to we have to leave it here. But the bonuses kind of help as well, even though we don't know for sure, probably not him, but you know, possibly, especially if they're they're good stories. You know, mm. wouldn't mind hearing and conjecturing. So thanks for all of the research for this. I mean, five part episode. That is that's okay. Amazing. I enjoyed I enjoyed doing it. This was like a really fun topic to get into. Yeah, it touched a lot of different things. Oh, bittersweet. Bittersweet to leave Yasuke. It is very bittersweet. But I'm glad he wasn't I'm glad he, he wasn't killed or he wasn't assassinated or something, you know, he could have had there's so many things that could have happened to him, so you know, hopefully he lived out his life in peace. That's what I'm hoping anyway i know it's uh, like there's i don't know what else to say yeah i'm kind of a loss for words like how do you sum this up all and then with a nice little bow but you kind of don't because we have no ending <clears throat> i guess then all we can do is hand on over to you heather well thomas today i had thought to find a themed poem so i went on a nice little journey and i found a lovely book it's a it's on actually it's um a book from 1908 and it's beautifully illustrated beautifully calligraphied it looks like actual calligraphy like handwritten it could be i'm not sure it's not i i didn't dive as much as i wanted to into this book which i will do after the podcast i'm going to go look into it more unfortunately it's all in english and i did do a quick little search for the Japanese, but I think I'm going to have to get the professor to give me a hand to try to find this book, to find this poem in the original mm. Japanese. So today I'm going to read the English for you, and I'm going to hopefully come back in the next couple of weeks and report back in with the Japanese. Okay, that sounds good. Not just that, I ended up finding a book that did have some mention about swords, but I picked a poem that has nothing to do with about swords at all. And the uh, poet is Oshikochu no Mitsune. Do you recognize that name? I don't know if you recognize it or not. It's not a name I recognize. So it's 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 a so this is a poet we've not touched on, right? You know, we haven't touched on it, but we've touched on a book that one of his poems is in. Guess which book of poems he's in. You can guess this one easily. <laughs> Manyoshu. Hyakunin Ishu. <laughs> oh my goodness. That would have been my second guess. So he has a different poem he in that does. one, I, I assume. Yes. For a minute, I thought I was going to say, "Oh, of, co of course, I come back to the Hyakuni issue," but no, this is a different. This is a different poem. But the poet, and and actually, we haven't touched on him before, but he was a waka poet and from in the Japanese courts so at 1859 to 925, and one of the 36 poet immortals. And he was a governor. Wait, what date? Um, eight. 59 to 925. Oh, I thought you said 1859. Sorry, I was like, that sounds 
too recent, but okay, 859. I understand now. Yeah, <laughs> way back. Um, but he, a prolific poet as well, wrote mm. about 193 different poems that were included in official poetry collections. And he was he was a governor and also participated in the compilation for the Kokin Wakashu. What? So where did this, do you know, do we know where this poem came, comes from? This one? Initially? No. This is, this one's a mystery one because I did do some research into him and I didn't find where this poem is contained. Because again, this is English. This was done in 1908. So mm. this translation probably differs in some of the word choices, which you'll, you'll, you'll hear when I read it because it's definitely got some older older English in here, so, yeah. mm -hmm. which is why I'm really, I'm really excited to see if I can find this in the Japanese to see if I can find an alternate translation and where this poem was because it came from somewhere. But this one, yeah, this is this is a little mystery, which is which is kind of fun and exciting. Well, I'm excited to hear it. Alrighty, well, I'm just going to get into it. And we'll ask you for the well, I'll ask you what you think it means. But this poem is entitled The Quest. Ye who would leave the fretting world and go far up among the hills to seek release from sorrow mid the silence and the snow, what will ye do if there ye find no peace? That's a very beautiful rendition with the old English, no, with the ye. Ye who would leave the fretting world and go. To me, it almost sounds like a, what are they called? A jise. <gasps> Ah, a death poem. Ah, and you're wandering out into the wilderness, as in you're off to find your way into the afterlife. Hmm. But it's also a poignant poem of like, what if even in death you can't find peace? What would you do now? Hmm. At least that's what I'm getting from that. I like I like your interpretation. Um. Thank you. And this is where you go, well, actually, it's about the joy of life. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took it a little bit different meaning, but that's what I like about poetry is that you can, well, how it speaks to you and what you feel. You know, I think sometimes it's a really nice thing to have that different translation to see what, how does it speak to you? What do you think? My, my feeling for this one was someone who was trying to find like inner peace and solitude and going to the mountain. Cause it's really a really popular thing to do is to go to the top of the mountain to seek enlightenment. You go up to the mountain and you still carry your thoughts with you. You're you know, like, what is it? Yeah. No matter where you go, there you are. That, that, that phrase that, even if you try to go somewhere and to escape, you still bring you with you. Mm. So I, I think you gave you gave it a more deeper meaning. It's like go and to leave this world behind, like literally leave it, and then you die and you have no further action you can do. And this one is, you know, a little. My interpretation was a little bit lighter. But I think it works equally well. So I like. Yeah, I think they both work well. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you came up with that. I'm glad you had a different idea for me. That that's. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> but then again, we had so many beheadings in Yasuke that it's it's no wonder 
did you say was on your mind? Yeah, that probably influenced me a little bit today after talking about all the death. But you, I, I kind of see more your way after your explanation. Like I th your interpretation makes more sense, but mine also does work. But I think you're very right. No, like sometimes people go away for quiet reflection, and sometimes it doesn't work because you're still trapped in your head. Mm -hmm. You leave your physical things behind, but everything else still comes with you. Mm, yeah. Interesting. But we have to look at the original Japanese because we both could be totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. An old translation as well like this could be very different than, a say, a translation that was done last year. Definitely. I mean, the different, the word choice, mm. I don't think we would have yees, fewer yees, but I like, I like the yees. I like it too. I like old English. So, and hey, if someone else has a different interpretation of what you find, let mm -hmm. us know. I'm, I'm, I always like to hear different ideas and different opinions because I go, oh yeah, because I wouldn't have thought about the jisei. You know, maybe someone else might have something. We both go, oh yeah, we could see that too. So I'm, I'm. It, please feel free. Let us know what you think. I mean, we would always love to hear your thoughts and opinions for definite. I like that poem ending the episode out on that as a reflective thing mm. so thank you for finding that one that was a nice random find I, this week i wanted swords and i ended up with philosophical mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah i love that and a beautiful book besides we're eyeballing it we're, we're thinking about it oh yeah every page has artwork behind the poems it's really beautifully done this book mm -hmm. also this poem poet uh had um, silk screens printed with his poetry on them so oh i wonder where this if if there are surviving ones where they are to this day oh i wonder if there's they have some in the ueno museum i've seen them there mm. but i don't remember who did or what was on them, but... I definitely want to go back. The only time I went back was before Corona, and it was to do an exhibition on mummies from around the world. But now that we've been doing this podcast for so long, I kind of want to go to the museum and properly look around again and probably understand more <laughs> now, which would be nice. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because there's so many things that like the first time I went was a long time ago. And mm -hmm. yeah, I said, oh, wow, this is a very cool thing that I know nothing about. But now we're like, oh, hey, that is actually the thing we know about. And this is a painting of this person we've talked about and stuff. But yeah, thank you for such a lovely poem to end up, to wrap up Yasuke. It wasn't the ending we were hoping for, but it was an ending he did survive at least and we can hope he lived out his days happily mm. but yeah now it's deciding what we're gonna do next oh no <laughs> yeah thank you for everyone for tuning in again this week uh thank you for keeping for staying along for the story of yasuke i definitely have enjoyed this mini series a lot um i i, I know heather has as mm. well We've, we talk about it a lot, even when we're not recording. Yeah. Um, but with his story coming to an end, yeah, it's on to the next topic. So until then, that is everything from me. What about you, Heather? That's all for today. All right, then, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in again, and we'll talk to you all soon. Matane. Matane.